Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Sick. Hello and welcome to the very last episode of Sex in the City. Oh my gosh. Randy is with me. Of course, of for, course. For the last time for the TV show. Yes, Forever. we do have the movies. We, <laughs> we do, do have, have the movies, but that's not a thing right now. So for now, Randy is here and we were going to do this alone. We were just going to do it yeah. and be done with it. And we got a really awesome surprise. I didn't want to do it like like jumping off the 23rd floor by myself and so now we have like a group of people together so i'm very excited uh randy is going to introduce everybody yeah so for this podcast because we're in this gorgeous space i invited my brother and kim my brother's name is alex so we have alex and kim here hello hi (laughs) so um alex and kim I don't know that anybody will remember because I don't know that we've ever said their names, but we have said that they were getting married and that you were officiating. Yes, yes, I did. Um, in like four podcasts ago. So now they're newly, freshly married. Yay. Yay. Very exciting. Um, so, guys, what I normally do to introduce everybody is please say who you are, um, what your relationship to Sex in the City is. I just kind of blew what your relationship is to each other, so you don't really have to say that. Um, but yeah, we want to go ahead. Alex, do you want to start? Yes. Uh, my name is Alex. <laughs> I'm a straight man because I am married to Kim. And my affiliation with Sex and the City is just watching it on the couch because my brother controlled the TV. <laughs> and Kim, obviously. Uh, my affiliation to the show is also, um, Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So I had never watched Sex in the City until I moved in with Alex and Randy, and Randy was probably watching it for like the 18th time in a row, and I would catch episodes here and there, but yep. Isn't it wow to watch it, like, on HBO and see the sex scenes? Because you never see that stuff on TV. Not on TBS. Yeah, no. TBS is, like, 12 minutes of them talking in a cafe. It's a completely different show. Right. On TBS, it may as well be and the city because you don't see any sex. Yeah. It's basically VH1 showgirls. (laughs) I was actually surprised. We only had one sex scene, the show, when it was, like, Mm. or this episode, and it was maybe, like, five seconds long. And I was like, where's the sex? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's more about the relationships between these women, which is what I really love about uh, the end of this series, is that they very much make it about the relationship between the girls and not necessarily the relationships that make up romantic relationships with men in their case. Right. And towards the end of the series, they actually had like new clauses in their contracts that you were explaining, Paige, about mm-hmm. the sex... Oh yeah, there's, um, so as this show has gone on, uh, because this is the last season, it premiered in 2004, uh, which was actually when I was 23 and just freshly getting married was the year that this came out, which is wild to think about because all of the fashion, I'm like, oh yeah, that was a thing. We were trash. Um, I had hideous, completely clear 
uh, wedding shoes with heels. Oh, so does she? I no, no, no. Yours were beautiful. Mine were trash. Trust me. <laughs> mine were like the clear straps. It's like a full <laughs> circle, though. It's almost a full circle, but it's much better now. Trust me. Mine were two straps across with rhinestones like glued onto them it was trashy it's what we're saying right now but like <laughs> let's look at my wedding pictures in 15 years and see how that holds up yeah in 15 years it might be a different story i had a complete james bond wedding dress um that ripped off at the knee i was gonna I say that must have been a tearaway <laughs> it, it was it was a tearaway at the knee so it turned into a skirt please um, tell me like in the middle of your first dance <laughs> pulled it off he, i actually didn't want to because it was a beautiful skirt and it was it was gathered almost like it was like one of those uh curtains you know and what i originally wanted uh was it for it to come up on the side so that i could just pull like a string and it would like come up like a curtain <laughs> i love that. that's what i wanted but um my uh now ex-husband was a costume designer wanted to build it himself and He's a procrastinator, so we ran out of time. So Velcro, it was. Oh. <laughs> so it was Velcroed off at the at the at like the knee, um, and he insisted that that part came off because he worked too hard on it. So in the middle of the reception, I took off like the bottom half of it, and the top was a reversible Chinese silk brocade. So theoretically, I could be dinged in 2020 for cultural appropriation. It was brocade. It was Chinese silk brocade, yeah. It was beautiful. Oh, wow. We need to see pictures of this later. Well, yeah. Well, I'll show you pictures later. Do you have it still, or did you, like, younger Diana chow it throw it out a window? No, I, uh, it's actually, it is currently in the closet of my mother's house. Oh. So it's still there. It sure as hell doesn't fit. <laughs> that girl was 115 pounds. This girl is not anywhere close to that. <laughs> But, you know, 2004. It was a time. It was a time. Um, but anyways, back to the show. So we're going to go girl by girl. Because they did actually have their own little bits of story. They did. Much and, more than the last episode. Yeah, the last episode was Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. Uh, this one, a little bit more so. Um, so... Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and read our, our shitty synopsis for the last time? Yeah. Season 6B, Episode 8, An American in Paris, Part 2. And the synopsis is, Carrie learns the reasons for Petrovsky and his ex-wife's splits. Samantha's chemo treatments are killing her sex drive. Big and Carrie take a stroll through the streets of Paris. And I didn't say this in the last episode, but I was supposed to be in Paris for 10 fucking days in April, but motherfucking COVID, I think that's why COVID happened. I told you this before already, right? Mm -hmm. Where I was like, Jesus was like, oh, Randy doesn't get to go to Paris. <laughs> that's bullshit. It's all your fault, Randy. Why'd you make plans for Paris? Or flirt with Abel. Abel, Paris. Those two, that's it. <laughs> Fell apart. Also, interesting time period since this podcast was started in 2015. Um, and absolutely nobody knew where they'd be in five years. <laughs> yeah, no. Because this is a whole different world from even where we started. When we started this podcast, I was um, separating from my husband, who made my dress, and totally amicable. Everything's fine. Still love him. Everything's totally fine on that front, but it's just wild to think about how many things I've gone through in the last five years. 
Yeah. And how many things everyone's gone through just in the last nine months. Like what a time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were committed. I don't. I'm impressed. Listen, when I when I want to do something, I stick with it all the way until the end, even if nobody except for my number one fan, Neil, is listening. So thank you, Neil, for sticking thank you, with Neil. me to the end, even though you don't listen to the whole episode. That's okay. <laughs> so let me ask Paige, do you think Alex and I have very similar voices or no? Because a lot of people say we do, but I find that very hard to believe. So I've only been on the phone with you two, like, once. But I have to say... There's a cadence to your voice that's, well, that's different. Gay, yeah. No, not gay. <laughs> not gay, just a different attitude than Alex. However, I feel like you could very easily still be each other. Let's because you're both twins. So let's see if the listeners just keep up today. It'll be interesting. We'll okay, see. Okay, listen, <laughs> if I confuse them once in person, people are going to confuse them on the show. There you go. So it's fine. We could just be like, Alex here, Randy here. People are going to be like, God, Randy's still all the fucking airtime for the last episode. <laughs> to shut up. Whoa. <laughs> 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 Whose podcast is this? Oh, goodness. Uh, I just like when we laugh the same, then everyone else hears it. Everyone else laughs right after that for some yes. reason. Like, oh, this is weird. Because <laughs> there's very easy to, like, forget that you guys are twins sometimes, though. Oh, yeah. Like... You definitely, I think it was when I first met you um, at your mom's house, Alex, I said to Randy, I was like, man, he could be your twin. Yeah. <laughs> Randy's like, yeah, it's because he is my twin. I'm like, oh, well, that explains it. <laughs> you know what I find really interesting is we have such different styles that we will confuse each other, us with each other. I'm like, in what fucking world was Alex wearing a jumpsuit? walking through downtown Reno in the middle of the fucking day. Randy wasn't wearing earrings. <laughs> no. We were just talking about this the other day because um, Kevin was saying how he came over to Dorothy's house and was like, Randy would drive a WRX? This is yeah. not him. And it's like, no, that was... But you didn't tell me you weren't Randy. I'm like... You didn't tell me you weren't Randy. <laughs> how, do we, how do we go out of our way, though? I don't know if you do. If, like saying, oh, I have a twin brother. No, I assume everyone else. I will say this. I do tell my patients that I have an identical twin. That's smart. An because, evil yeah. twin, though, right? <laughs> no, I just say, I have an identical twin. And they're just like, oh, okay. Good to know. I don't think that's ever happened, though. I don't think I've ever bumped into any of your patients, either. Thank God. I say that to people that I don't want to approach me in the street again. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I oh, I, just to let you know, I do have an identical twin. She looks exactly like me, so I, if you see me in the street and I don't recognize you, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and if you see I me never. in the street and I'm a bitch to you, that's why. <laughs> that, that's why. It's definitely not because you're a horrible person. <laughs> do, do I ever tell you about my favorite story about me and Ray being a twin from uh, my best friend's, like, sister's friend story? No, tell it. So she was going to nursing school at the time. At least I think she's a nurse. But she would go up to the university to study um, in the library because it was a quiet area. And she sees Randy and walks up and says like hi to him so the next time like we meet she comes up to me and goes hey i'm so sorry i called you out on campus and i'm like what the hell are you talking about i have no idea like i would have recognized you and just going back and forth she's like oh i said hi to you you were hanging out with your friends give me the weird eye and i saw your bag and i'm like oh that's my brother and she's like oh oh really and so the conclusion was is that i am a I'm a straight man in front of my f my friends and family. Oh, when I'm on campus, 
I'm a flaming homosexual. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, I was like, oh my god, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard, and I'll take that to the grave with me as the best example of having a twin brother. I love that. I can't wait for like five years from now, like one of Kim's friends being like. I have something to tell you. I'm so sorry to be the one to tell you this, but your husband's gay. <laughs> uh, actually, um... <laughs> one, so my favorite story is one time I was walking through Walmart in Reno, and I was just like walking around, and I just got fucking tackled. I was screaming. <laughs> I was like that person that you find on that website, like People of Walmart. It was horrific. And I was like, get me! Who the fuck are you? Fucking crazy person! Oh my god! <laughs> And he was like, oh my god, dude, chill out. And I was like, no, you don't tell me to chill out. You just fucking tackled me. <laughs> and he was you? like, what is wrong with you, man? And I was like, I don't know. I gotta go. I can't handle you. And then he, was like, <laughs> like, he came to me as I was like trying to scurry away. And he was like, Alex, Alex. I was like, I'm not Alex. I am Randy. Do not talk to me. Don't touch me. Go away. And you know what? This is bullshit. Don't ever tackle me. Don't tackle him or tackle me <laughs> in public. Don't talk to me or my brother ever again. <laughs> I don't think I heard this story. I don't know who it was. Well, I, I don't know who it was. But uh, <laughs> this show, needs, this show needs to be trending now. Right <laughs> Just so we this. can so figure <laughs> out who that was. Yeah. Yes, the Walmart on DeMonte, you tackled me on a random day. And it was so, it would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting gay bashed. This is what's happening right now. I am <laughs> not ready for this. Especially DeMonte. You'd be like, this is the nice Walmart. What are you doing? <laughs> When was this? Oh, God, this was years ago. Huh. It was after I moved back. So, probably <coughs> the last handful of years, because I think I was still in college. Oh, no, I've been out of school for a few years now. So, like, I don't know, six, seven years ago. Hmm. Well, okay then. My, my apologies, brother. <laughs> it happens. Whoever it was. <laughs> I don't know. That's too funny. And honestly, do you know, no, though? Do you actually know and you don't want to say? No, I don't know. You don't know who it was? Well, honestly, if, you, if someone tackled Alex, I'm assuming Alex would be pissed off, too. Was it a guy? Yeah, it was oh, a guy. White guy? It was a white guy. <laughs> That's, okay. I know a lot of white people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, never mind. Welcome to Reno. <laughs> well, they never apparently fessed up to you. That's, I know. I would be embarrassed. The first I know, thing I, I would do. I would never talk to Alex again. I'd yeah. be like, nope. Next day, I would I would be texting you, being like, Alex, I'm so sorry. I know that you like flipped out, and you'd be like, What are you talking about? Well, you're welcome. You lost an abusive friend. Huh. Bizarre. Yeah, who dropped out of your life a yeah. couple years ago and never came back? I guess your next podcast, we try to figure <laughs> out who this friend. mystery person is. Right. One day, we'll just put this out into the universe. Everybody, everybody puts it out on their social media, and we'll figure out who it is. But the outing was funny. <laughs> I remember you telling me that story. And this, this is when I was in my bachelor's and my master's program, and I used to carry, oh, it must have been my master's program, because I used to not carry big bags um, when I was in my bachelor's program, because I just didn't care. But I used to carry the biggest Coach Weekender tote, and you're supposed to, it's a Weekender bag, but I used to put everything in there. I used to carry, like, bananas and apples, and so I was carrying a huge purse <laughs> walking through UNR, so I can totally believe why someone would think... That Randy was like an out home. Alex is an out homosexual on campus with like closet <laughs> everywhere else. That's too funny. Quick story: When I lived in Vegas, um, we used to play this game called Tourist or Hooker. You walked in the street and you <laughs> guess God. which one is the tourist and which one is the hooker because everybody goes to Vegas gets super tarted up and like you know no one ever knows that that's like what's happening damn it why are we on the 23rd floor i want to play this game right now <laughs> but how do we find out if they're a tourist or a hooker the bag oh. if it's a big bag they're carrying around all their shit because they're moving on to the next trick 
but if you are a tourist, you're carrying as little as possible so that you can go and party. Oh, well, see, if it were me, a tourist is the one with the real designer bag, I would know. And the <laughs> hooker is the one with the fake one. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you would have, like, set me up there to go flirt with them and find out if they were a No, we would just walk down the street and we would be like, ooh, look at the bag. What is it? Uh, yep, that's that's who it is. That's the other, uh, uh, when you were in downtown Vegas, the game was a little bit different. It was a little bit darker. It was called Homeless or Dead. Jesus. <laughs> 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 San Francisco, here we come. Oh people, my God. Yeah, people would just find little, like, little spaces and go to sleep if you were homeless downtown in in las vegas and so you would always be like well i'm not gonna go and kick him and see if he's alive or not like that's scary so that would be like what we would say is like "Ooh, homeless or dead i don't know let's loop around a couple of times and see if they've moved on or not you're going to hell <laughs> i am was I'm that, going that was in vegas that was in vegas yeah we we lived in vegas for 10 years so we had to make our own fun we saw, I mean, we saw a homeless guy oh, sleeping yeah, in the middle of the strip. Guy. Well, no, not not the one. That's when we were in Vegas. We were walking to White Castle on the strip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I thought that guy was dead because it stank. Like, from 15 feet away, you're like, holy oh, cow. Oh, they smell so bad. They live, so um, the homeless people in Las Vegas, there's tunnels. Oh, yeah. Uh, to prevent. The mole people? No, yeah, to prevent, like, all of the flooding. So all of the water goes underground. There's tons of tunnels underneath. And they live there because during the winter, it's not going to rain. And then most of the summer, it's also not going to rain. So it's the perfect place to live. Uh, but when it does rain, they're all, like, there's Aww. at least one homeless person that dies. Ooh, it's got really dark. Sad. Yeah, I know. It's I like there's a documentary on that. There, yeah, there's a documentary. There's a book on it. Um, I've listened to podcasts on it too. Really? Yeah, the podcast I was listening to, they were interviewing this gentleman who was in hiding, I think for like 20 years at that point, mm-hmm. um, because he was wanted by the mafia for a murder, and so he was like, I have to live down here because if I show my face anywhere, I'm going to die. That's wild. And so he just lived down there, and I was like, I don't, I don't, is that living? It, right. Is Would I rather it? die? I don't know. I would just turn myself in and be in jail. 23rd floor. <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and start with Miranda for, yeah. for this episode, this final episode. Um, so Steve has his mom over for dinner and she's being a little weird. Um, I put down Steve's ma has dementia? <laughs> Question mark. I put Miranda looks happy that his mom is suffering like <laughs> she's yeah she's a she's a character she is a character she's show. very um randy was saying earlier she's very passive aggressive and that's true like at at steven miranda's wedding she absolutely was like i'm glad you're not wearing white like and she's clearly we all know she's also self-centered because immediately after she's like i'm so glad miranda you didn't wear white because you're not a virgin i wore white and i feel all the shame still about having worn white i was <laughs> pregnant because I had little Stevie in my belly or something like yeah. that. Or like his sister or something. Who never gets talked about, ever. No. Um, so, Steve takes his mom to the ER. Apparently she suffered a small stroke about a week ago, but she lives alone. So nobody knew about it. Also inaccurate, mental health professional. Yeah. You do not have a small stroke and have severe memory loss. Really? Because I was thinking, I was like, that doesn't really connect. Unless unless it's in, like, the perfect spot. 
but we're talking like hmm. that's really unusual. That's why I keep you around for the medical advice. Just saying. So she does have dementia. I was right. Right. And she had a stroke. I forgot that she had a stroke. I was thinking senile, but she's not that old either, so. Yeah, she's not old enough, but it came on so quickly, that's why I thought it was dementia. Because I have, my, my mom is definitely exhibiting signs much like this, um, but she will not admit that she has a problem. And it sucks because, like, you kind of have to wait until something bad happens. How old's your mother? I have no idea. <laughs> I have not a clue. Uh, 70-ish. Oh, okay. So, old enough to have dementia, for sure. Yeah, just about. But, yeah, she will not admit to it. She won't go to the doctor. She won't let us go to the doctor with her. So, yeah. So, that's fun. But my sister's moving in with her in about a week. So Cheers to your sister. Well, she's gonna, probably just going to, like, get her shit together and then move into an apartment. Like, it'll probably be two months tops. So, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but they go to um, Steve's mom's apartment to get her stuff, and it is trashed. Like, she clearly hasn't cleaned up anything. Nothing is... Hoarders 101. Like, it's... Yeah, it is a... If you've seen the TV show Hoarders, it's definitely a two out of five. Like, it's not a big deal, but it's a medium deal. It's gross. It's There's enough to get attention. Yeah. yeah. Well, there yeah. was a cockroach. Yeah. That, that was our apartment Sunday morning. <laughs> was it? Before we started eating. Did I do it? <laughs> it's every Sunday morning. You clean up here. <laughs> That's In true. In a place where neither you or I live. <laughs> you clean up here. I actually deliberately washed the wine glasses today. So I that saw that. I was like, page for the win. <laughs> oh, you did a Sunday after the wedding? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that oh, my God. Was it was a... I was dying. <laughs> I was like, this is so dirty. I cannot handle this right now. I know. Before our wedding, Kim was like, can we just pack for San Francisco when we get after the wedding? And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And then when we woke up to go to San Francisco, we were like, running home, threw everything on the bed, Pack our clothes and left. And then when we came back, we're like, okay, we're just gonna go lay in the bed and pass out. And all the shit was on the bed. Oh, I'm like, no. well, we might as well start cleaning now because yeah. we can't find our bed anymore. That is the worst when you leave for a vacation and forget about the trash that you've left around and how like horrible your apartment is. And then you come back and you're like, oh, past me was such a jerk because now I have all of this to deal with. Yeah, I can't do that. I actually wash my sheets and clean everything before I leave. See, I try to do it, but I think before the wedding, it was just so chaotic mm -hmm. and everything was everywhere. The yeah. wedding went so well, though, actually. Yeah. I'm really glad that the wedding went well. I was super excited to hear about it. So, Small, intimate. I It was perfect. I kind of wished for a better like, outcome to it. Yeah. Did, did I tell you how someone was trying to, or I'm sure Manny told you how someone was trying to walk up to the Pioneer Center when we were waiting for Kim to show up? <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love the story of, of Randy being like, mm -mm, I see you trying to get up all up in our business, but y'all need to keep You moving. must not know that, huh? No, you guys didn't know. We told Kim, I told Kim two days later, yeah. and she was still pissed about it. She goes, oh hell no, I have anxiety <laughs> right now. I'm so glad you didn't tell me that day. Yeah, I would yeah, because we got there well before you did, and these people were like converging onto the space, and they were like walking towards us. I could tell that they wanted to take pictures, so I was standing around a bunch of people, and I said, "Everyone, go converge to the center." And so everyone started like transitioning over to where we did the ceremony, and then I stood there 
with everyone by that spot and they were like walking up and I looked at them and I went and they just turned and walked away <laughs> that is great I love that and I love that you guys didn't tell me until like days later I feel like with weddings there's always one thing that goes horribly wrong and that's the one thing that like then you can move on with being happy with the rest of the day like for me it was my margarita machine that's all I wanted it's <laughs> <laughs> all I wanted in my wedding was a margarita machine and I was so excited because we got it um, and everything was great and my uh, aunt's boyfriend at the time decided that he was going to go Drink ahead coffee. and and do it like you know set it all up before the ceremony mind you we're having the ceremony and the reception in the exact same place so I walk out to get married with the like of the margarita machine and everybody trying to talk over it and I'm like this is I am this this close to walking over and pouring myself a fucking glass for the rest of the ceremony this is horseshit and the best part was he didn't know that it was a concentrate so he poured in the concentrate and the tequila so it tasted horrible <laughs> but everything else was gorgeous so it was fine i love that <laughs> but i feel like as long as you know that one thing is going to go horribly wrong at your wedding it will release you from being able to be upset about anything else i don't think anything went we forgot the uh the flowers for the groomsmen and myself oh yeah, yeah. the boutonnieres yeah. The bo we forgot the boutonnieres which i actually hung up in our room upside i down saw that <laughs> to dry it um I think the only things we forgot were like the small stuff. Flowers. Like, the we, didn't, we didn't do the flowers early. Like, you know, yeah. there's a giant tub in the corner that no one really cared about, which was fine. We didn't do the table numbers. We didn't do the place cards with names on it. And the bubbles. The, and the bubbles. And the bubbles, yeah. That was it. But it was I too windy, anyways. I was running up and down that building from hotel room to hotel room because, of course, the guys were separated from the women. And at one point I was like, who has a speaker? Where's the speaker? And they're like, oh, it's in the car. And I was like, go get the speaker. And they're like, well, I have to get ready. I was like, go get the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and plug it in. And they're like, okay. And I was like, go now. It is so, like, it's nuts organizing a wedding. I don't know how people do it twice. Oh, I love it. I used to love doing it. I, I hate it. I, I think we told a few of our friends, like, <laughs> we're, we're experts now. You can come to us for anything. Yeah, after you've done one, you've done them all. It's all the details is all it is. Mm -hmm. but and at the end of the day, the details don't even matter. No. Right? They, but they set you off. They yeah. can be very triggering. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you bridezilla super quickly, whether you're the bride or not. I remember like 10 years ago, I had a friend who was getting married. And we were really close at this time. I planned everything. I went to all the rehearsals. I went to the church, got people in line, wrote everything. I carried my big purse that I carried in college. There was fucking duct tape, bottles of water, bottles of aspirin, safety pins. Sure enough, needed tape. Sure enough, needed safety pins. <laughs> and during her wedding, I was like, okay, I have been running around for like 10 hours. I'm going to go have a cigarette. So at the time... Everything fell apart, <clears throat> didn't it? <laughs> at the time... <laughs> She was like doing something, and I went to her and I said, "Hey, I'll be back. I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette." And she was like, "No, you can't do that. We have to set up the da 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 da." And I said, "You're being a fucking cunt. <laughs> I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette, get your shit together. I'll be back." <laughs> and I came back. She's like, "I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to." And I was like, "Don't be a bitch. Don't cry." <laughs> I hundred hundred percent will elope 
if I ever meet anybody again and I ever want to get married, a wedding will not happen. Honestly, I want a ceremony of like the immediates and then I would like to do that in a destination style. If you can make it great, if you can't, sorry. And then when we get, when we get back stateside, then we'll just have a reception because that sounds so much easier. Yeah, I'll do a destination wedding, but I won't tell anyone, not even the groom. I'm gonna go on a vacation by myself. <laughs> <laughs> All inclusive, we don't have to worry about it. I'll be like, where were you? I was marrying you. Yeah. <laughs> we're married, it's done. And then Rainy Rain will be hired at the end to change your last name. Because that's a huge pain in the ass. Oh yeah, no, I will never ever, I didn't change my name after my divorce. Like that was like a conversation between the two of us where he's like, you're not changing your name back, right? And I'm like, oh hell no, I'm keeping this name for life. And he's like, yeah, I figured. Like it was no big deal, but it's a pain. It's like... What was his last name? My last name, Clarno. Oh. Yeah, I didn't change it. Like, no, I didn't his? change it back. No, that. Oh, that was his, that was his name. When, yeah. you got, when you separated. My, yeah, got no. It. My, got it. Yeah, my maiden name was was not great. Like, what to the your? point where I was... No, I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was not great to the point where, like, in college, I was, like, meeting dudes. And I was like, hey, what's your name? That'll do. How you doing? <laughs> like, didn't... Yeah, it didn't matter. I hated my last name. Even now, like, if my ex decided that... Like, if my ex decided to marry somebody else and his new-to-be wife was, like, upset about it, I probably would change it to my mom's last name. That's like, funny. What's your mom's last name? My mom... I'm not going to say that on the podcast either. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but... Um, but, yeah, I'm probably going to be Clarno for the rest of my life because it's just easier. Like, it is a pain in the ass to change it, so much so that, like, I would never change it back. I just sent in the social security form and all the documents on Saturday. Yeah. So and that's the first step. Yeah. Right. So I know, that's the first step. And then you have to go and get a new driver's license. You have to go and get a new social security, which is kind of nice because then you don't have, like, the old beat up one from when you were a kid. Then we got to get <laughs> passport. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We gotta mm -hmm. change, like, her Bates. car title. Yeah, I know, yeah. Credit cards, everything. Like, it's too work much stuff. work. Mm -mm. It's too It'll much work. It'll be fun. Yeah. But also, <laughs> never changing my name again, so. Yeah, exactly. That's why, like, honestly, I totally was like, if it doesn't work out, I'm still keeping this name. And that's exactly what happened. How much did it cost you? For the Social Security, it's free. You don't oh, good. pay anything. Which is weird. I was, I was like, so where do we send the money? It's like it's free. I'm like, there's no fucking way it's free. I was like, yeah. Driver's there. license is not free. <laughs> but the the social security is. Passport probably isn't. No. I'm guessing. Yeah. No. It's okay. I had to renew my passport anyway, so. Oh, good timing. Yeah. Did you just switch your name to her last name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, we don't have the same name. Her dad would flip in excitement if I did that. So the joke is, he is my parents' favorite child. <laughs> so love they that. would love it. Yeah, my ex is definitely my mom's favorite, so I get it. <laughs> still? Still, still to this day. Yeah, <laughs> they also we, live together. Yeah, when, well, here's the thing. So I left. Um, the building that we're in right now, um, I, when, when he and I split up, I moved into this building. And we were living with my mom at the time, trying to, like, we'd moved back from Vegas, and we were trying to, like, work everything out so that we could get our own space. But again, my mom was, like, not feeling well, and so we were trying to take care of her. I snapped, and I left, and I moved here. Um, and he stayed where he was up until the beginning of this year. So 
okay. four and a half years he like stayed with my mom. What? Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's a weird story to tell, and everybody's like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Listen, it is what it is. I don't care. Like, I wasn't there, so that's the important part. Was that my mental health was okay? Yeah, I was here or in my new apartment. So, um, but speaking of that, back to you're digressing a little bit. Go, Speaking of segues, uh, let's get back to your <laughs> Oh, yeah, what a good segue. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to do that all the time at the beginning of this podcast because we would get off on super tangents. And then I would be like, oh, my God, speaking of segues, did you know that we were doing a podcast about sex in the city? <laughs> no. What a good segue because parallel, what ends up happening because Mary, Steve's mom, mm-hmm. is going through her mental health issues with the stroke, she surprisingly Miranda kindly was invited to live with them yeah she said my mom can't live like this we can get a you know a nurse nurses live like in people's homes right and Miranda says Steve she can come live with us that's the whole reason we have this big house right because they just moved out to Brooklyn to this enormous estate that's probably worth about 30 million dollars now um a house in Brooklyn yeah so much yeah, four money. bedroom house no less mm-hmm. it's huge and she she started out this series as a single lawyer who was okay with being exactly who she was she had a cat she was fine with her life and during the course of this series has gotten a husband has gotten a child and now is taking care of an elderly parent so she has grown I think far more than almost any other character has. Uh, like, Carrie sure hasn't changed. Maybe grown in that she... She's opened herself up to yeah, love, she's different kinds of love. Yeah, and evolved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she says, she can live with us. It's fine. Um, and he's actually surprised because she's not this person. He was surprised. Um, I'm, I was surprised, too. And honestly, I don't know... I don't... Actually, that's not true. My... My ex's mom was a doll, and I would have 100% been like, absolutely, yeah, let bring her in. Let's live with her. She's adorable. I love her. Let's take care of her. But I've always been, you know, a caretaker type of person. I haven't really been like Miranda in that way. But it is also a big ask. So she didn't, like, wait for him to ask. She just offered. He wasn't either. I, don't know. I feel like when no, Steve said, have. when Steve responded to that, he was like, she can like I, I won I, yeah it worked out mm-hmm. so she, she does move it. in it's been like a week um and she's being difficult um and saying i want to take little stevie to the zoo and she's like stevie's grown up the kid's brady like like you know knock it off with the crazy talk you know you're wild and she walks out the door and so now she is wandering the streets of Brooklyn, and looking then Miranda's for Steve. On the hunt. Yeah, yeah. She has to. She has to find her because Steve would lose his shit if she lost um, his mother. <laughs> so which fair? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally fair. And luckily, she finds her um, eating pizza out of a garbage pan- can. Which, oh my god, in Brooklyn, Ew. she's lucky she didn't catch something. Yuck. <laughs> she she said. It tastes like garbage. <laughs> yeah, she's like, this pizza tastes like garbage. Because like, it is. I'm like, Mary, you ain't kidding. <laughs> it does. So she takes her back back to the house, 
um, gives her a bath. In the most beautiful scene from Miranda ever, actually, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, Mon- Magda peeks in on them, her housekeeper, and is overcome with emotion because Magda was first introduced as just a housekeeper for Miranda and um, and judged her because she had a vibrator, vibrator in, the, in her bedside table. In that episode, she t- Magda takes the vibrator and puts like a statue of what Guadalupe Mary, Mary yeah, in there. Oh yeah. my god, it's so Virgin Mary. Funny. She puts the statue of Virgin Mary in the place of the vibrator, yeah. which I can say definitely is not a good replacement. <laughs> not for Miranda. Especially. Not for anybody. <laughs> I know this from experience. <laughs> I'm like, listen, Mary doesn't fit. <laughs> She's not meant for the job. <laughs> not that job. <laughs> She's not in me as it is. <laughs> She's, yeah, yeah. She's listen. I'm Jewish. I, she's never been I, like is she's it, fine. Isn't she technically a virgin too? So like, would she even know? Right? Yeah. It's like she doesn't know. She doesn't know what sex is. That's dumb. <laughs> so Magda went from judging her for being sexually active to realizing how much Miranda had grown, and it's actually a beautiful scene where she oh, comes Magda. up to her and she says that she's proud of her and she says, "What you did, that is love." You know what I love about Miranda's response? So, Magda is saying, like, what you did was amazing, love it, you're beautiful for it. And then Miranda's, like, is kind of choked up a little bit, and she says, you know, let's not tell Steve and make a big deal out of this. Which is so unlike Miranda, because usually she would just be like, hey, this happened, FYI. I feel like it's very Miranda to be like, listen, let's just not talk about this, because then Steve will be like, I'm upset that you let my ma go all around Brooklyn (laughs) and eat pizza out of a garbage like I think that's where her mind was oh no no I, I agree I'm just saying it's the most tactful she's ever really been yes that's true she definitely is a lot nicer about it than she would have been she probably would have just been like Magda knock it the fuck off yeah it happened it's done go home get your paycheck like it's like yeah. stop being all up in my business but she like kisses her on the forehead and it's like this really sweet scene where you see that like Miranda really has grown I will say this. I, well, I said this earlier, too. I think it would have made for a much more powerful scene had they taken this, like, little short storyline and extended it into at least, if not earlier in the season, at least An American Girl in Paris Part 1. Mm-hmm. Just because it would have been helpful for you to see Miranda, like, struggle having Mary there. Right. And then being like, I don't give a fuck. I'll give you this bitch a sponge bath and let's not tell Steve. But it was just so short that I was like, it could have just been more complex the greater it was like lengthened yeah yeah she basically had 10 minutes to have an entire revolution yeah which you know bad writing here we are (laughs) that's just how it is with these broads damn it darren damn it darren you You don't know how to write women you had better opportunity (laughs) so um any closing thoughts on miranda as a whole I mean, obviously, I don't know her from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, you know, from that first um, scene where the mom showed showed symptoms of the memory loss and all of that, and her seeming kind of not happy about it, but like, you know, to the end of it, there was growth there. So, yeah. so just in those few minutes, you know, I agree. Yeah, especially because you can tell how reluctant she was when they were, like, going through Mary's apartment. And she was like, she can move in with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was like, all right, she can move in with us. <laughs> so um, let's move on to Charlotte. 
So Charlotte is walking into Chanel uh, with her gay best friend Anthony. I love Anthony. Who goes Chanel? <laughs> so good. Jesus Christ. He's just an ass all the way up to the very end. He kills me. Well, I love that moment immediately after where he was like, "You're about to have a baby. You're not going to lose your best friend, are you?" Which is probably the, the only vulnerable scene you've ever seen Anthony in. That's absolutely true. Is he like the main? Like, the main character after the main characters? Like, because he was the only person that was in the finale? He is very secondary, yes. Actually, uh... I would say Stanford's more Stanford's important. Stanford's more important, but he wasn't even in this episode. Which is actually kind of surprising. That's Carrie's gay best friend. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say, they do get in the second movie? The second... Yeah, the second, yeah, second movie. movie. The beginning of the second movie, they get a little more into his storyline and where he went from there. Yeah. But that's... A different time. That's a different podcast. Yes, that's gonna be as far as Stanford goes for the series. Bye, bitch. You're done. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We'll see him in three episodes because we're doing two Mm -hmm. episodes for both movies. So we'll do two for the first. Stanford's oh, Stanford is in the first one briefly as like a wedding guest. Right, but that's it. So um, Charlotte is preparing for a baby. They are inviting the couple who's going to give them the baby to New York from. Podunk from Charlotte, right? From Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina. Um, and they go in, and it's Alicia Gordonson, Becky yep. from Roseanne, yep. uh, which I think is great because I was just watching How to Make an American Quilt the other day, and she's on that as well and has like one word of dialogue, and that's it. I was like, God, what a waste. She's a great actress, but okay. Um, but she comes with her husband, I guess. Must boyfriend, baby daddy, baby daddy. Um, and they are pretty clear, pretty right off the bat that they are, have decided to keep this baby, but they wanted a free trip to New York. I think I think it was like after like initially eating though, because I'm pretty sure Harry offered like them some more fish. Yeah, he was like, "Do you want some more locks?" And he's like, "Is that the fish stuff?" And I'm like, "Ugh, goys." <laughs> God damn it. Come on. <laughs> also, before I forget to say this, Charlotte, stepping up some game, she's going to Chanel to buy a gift for these parents. Oh, that's totally Charlotte. Is that what she went to the store for? Yeah. Yeah, to buy like a gift for them. Ridiculous. I hope she returned it. <laughs> oh, she 100% returned it. She took it back. She returned it. <laughs> Quilted lambskin, please. Thank you. Bought a pair of Chanel like boots or something. Like, yeah. I'll take the Chanel boy bag. You can have an egg because I can't give you a baby. <laughs> Terrible. Um, but yeah, they're just... And she's very good about it. She was like, you know what, babe? That just wasn't our baby. What a role reversal because Harry's usually like the calm, cool, collected one and mm-hmm. Charlotte's the one that's kind of off the handles a little bit. Yep. And he was so upset. He was like, I'm, I'm messaging our baby lawyers. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to email our baby lawyer and say this is bullshit. And she's just like, hey... It wasn't our baby. Our baby's still coming. It's Good for okay. her. I'd be fucking livid. Yeah, honestly. I'd be so mad. I would be super pissed off, and I also don't know that I would have gone that route either. Like, I'm kind of surprised that Charlotte didn't just go with surrogacy. Because yeah. she's fucking rich. She is rich. Like, she's married to a lawyer. I'm sure her eggs are fine. You know Harry, he's a Jew. All that Jew gold, right? Stop it right Sorry. now. <laughs> Jump off this balcony. Three Knock seconds. Three seconds. I'll I'm count it. You. I'll count it. Out. I'll count it. Take a d- big leap out. I'll start counting once I see you fall. <laughs> Damn it, South Park. You got me in trouble. <laughs> um, and 
I, the next scene is just her saying, like, her hearing Harry come in and she's like, hi, honey, I was a bad wife, I ordered Chinese, you know, come in and eat food. And he's like, I got something from China, too. And it's a picture. And she gets so overcome with emotion. She goes, that's our baby. I know that's our baby. And I was like, oh. Alex, I will give you a dollar if you remember the name of the baby. <laughs> I know. Oh, Lily. I barely remember the Shut name of the baby. Why is it Lily? Yeah. Modern Family, the adopted little Asian girl's also Lily. I feel like that's just the white people's way of naming. I don't know. It's Lily. Asian children. I don't know. It's something. There's something well, undercurrent yeah. that's terrible about that. Kim's cousin's name is Lily, and she actually looks fucking Asian, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah. I was like, when I first met your cousins, I was like, Okay, all these Hispanic people. Who the fuck's this Asian girl? <laughs> is Lily the one that came with us to Waitress? Yeah. Oh, I like her. Yeah. Oh, Waitress. I had an extra ticket. Man, she was, like, fucking loving it. That's so She was talking about it f- probably quite a few times after we... S- every time we saw her, she brought it up. I and we don't see her, like... And we don't see her, like, every weekend. We see her, like, once every couple, maybe once a month at some rate sometimes. She still brought it up a few times later. Yeah. Still brings up 85 degrees too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. When we go to Sacramento again, I'll take you to 85 degrees. It's like a Asian-owned bakery. It's delicious. I was gonna say, I'm like, what is that? Like the the like bargain basement 98 degrees, <laughs> <laughs> where they're just like, we're a little bit cooler, but we sing terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love. I uh, see. I want to go to New York too, but we'll have to wait until COVID clears up because I really want to go to 45 below, 54 below, 54 below. Mm-hmm. That's what, actually I was just thinking about that during that scene. I was like, Kim wants to have a kid. I want to go to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put our baby up for adoption for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get knocked up and lie so that we can go to New York for a free trip. <laughs> I'll take a Chanel boy back. Thank you. I don't know that I could, like... So, I've only been to New York once, and that was in January, right before all this went down. And it was a work trip. And there's part of me that's like, man, I don't know that I can spend the way that I spent because it was a work trip. Uh, what did like, you do there for me? work? Um, there was a ticketing conference. <laughs> Shit. You all went thug on, so uh, I, on the perforations of these tickets? So, <laughs> there actually, there's so much to it. It's nuts. But... It was, it was a lot of fun because I had all this time to myself and a lot of time in between um, what I had to do for the conference. So I would just walk around Rockefeller Center and the surrounding areas for hours. And, and it's totally funny now because when I really think about it, I'm like, I really just went to the Hollywood of New York. Did you did you uh, do the Sex in the City tour? No, traitor. You know, traitor. No, 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 I'm no. done. I'm Here's done with this thing. podcast. I put it up on the podcast. I was like, hey, if anybody wants to give me money to take the tour, I will make the time to take the tour. Nobody gave me any money, so that is on our listeners. How much was it? It was like thirty five dollars. What? <laughs> of my own money? They weren't gonna cover that at work. Are you kidding? Can you imagine? I turn in my receipt and they're like, uh, you went on the Sex in the City bus tour. <laughs> It was, you a du- trash. it was a double-decker bus. <laughs> culture, culture. Also, it was in January. Also freezing. Freezing. Was They're it snowy not. there? Um, so it snowed when I was in Brooklyn with my cousins. But then once I moved into um, Midtown, it didn't snow after that. But it was so cold 
but I was so excited that it was New York so I put on like my big stupid huge jacket and kept walking around until I realized that I couldn't feel my face anymore <laughs> and was like about to pass out and then I went back to my hotel and I was sick for like four hours because they were having those like polar vortexes and cyclone bombs at the time oh yeah it was cold it was really cold but it didn't snow as bad as um so my cousins were talking about how um there's tons of trash nobody tells you that oh, there's, there's just oh yeah so huge, like piles of trash taller than trash. me on so the trash. side of the uh, like on just the side everywhere yeah yeah and so when it snows of course that gets covered in snow too so people get like stuck in trash I'm like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't want to get stuck in trash. So thankfully, I didn't because it only snowed when I was at the Brooklyn Bridge, like right at the edge of it. And then we just ate and left. Is the snow pretty bad, though? It it felt like it accumulated really quickly, but it was nothing worse than what we have here. And it didn't stop like everything from staying open, right? No, everything just stayed open. I do appreciate that about New York, that they're just like, yeah, I don't care. We're staying open. Like... I'd love, I'd love to go there during winter. I just, I just don't want to, like, half my time in there being, like, commuting to places that take twice as long. Cause yeah. Of the I no, did, but I think yeah. with the subway, like, it's fine. You go on the subway and it doesn't really affect it, does it? Um, my cousin was saying that she doesn't really like taking the subway in the wintertime because you can't take your jacket off. So, basically, what happens is you get onto the subway and it's too like it's too, too crowded hot. so you can't take your jacket off so you basically bake until you get off the subway and i chickened out um because i have claustrophobia that oh, i forget okay. about until <laughs> something happens and i'm like oh shit oh shit i have claustrophobia. i forget i dead ass forget about it so i um the first first place that i walked into i was like this is it this is the whole thing because everything in New York is so tiny. Like, we're sitting outdoors and the, the, like, the balcony that we're on right now is twice as big as any New York bar. Yeah. Like, it's so, 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 so tiny. So, I was like, this is, <laughs> like, I didn't realize how, how, like, tight it was. And I was going to take the subway and I walked to the station where the subway was and I saw how narrow the walkway was to go down into the subway and i went shit no mm -mm, <laughs> nope nope i'm getting an uber fuck that so i never took the subway see i went in may ending of may beginning of june it wasn't too bad surprisingly it wasn't gross and muggy and hot either thank god so it was like the <laughs> perfect weather for it and i don't think i had any issues with the subway other than no like oh yeah they were close certain lines down and we, were, we went for a music festival, and then we'd stay out after the music festival, and we stayed in Brooklyn. So getting back to Brooklyn, we had to take like a different train every night and try to get home because all of like different lines closed on different days, or I don't know what was going on. It was bad. There's a great line in Sex in the City um, because Miranda moves to Brooklyn, and she's like you know nobody's gonna come visit me in brooklyn the subway goes under the water that's not natural <laughs> fair <laughs> which i think is funny because in san francisco bart goes underwater so we were debating this last time we were there it does it actually go underwater yeah, yeah it does go underwater because my one of my friends during the big earthquake was stuck down there for a while oh, fuck that yeah 
Yeah, because they stopped all of the trains, and so they thought they were like freaking out because they're underwater and in BART, but it's like it kept moving and everything was fine. I think the BART was I went during a gay pride weekend and we were just walking everywhere, pissed drunk, and then everyone was leaving, and the line just to get a ticket. And there's like, you know, four ticket booths. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the ATM things attached on the wall. And probably like 30 people deep on each on each one. So when we got into the bar, it was literally shoulder to shoulder. You got like this old hag yelling at everyone, saying it, that everyone's too close. And we're just like, what do you expect? We're, we're all trying to go home at the same time. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know what's going to happen, like, in a post-COVID world. Because we oh, can't yeah. gather like no that idea. anymore. Yeah. Like... I really hope that they embrace technology a little bit more and we're able to just buy a ticket on our phone, on the app, and just go. Yeah. And just scan it and be able to walk in and be on our way. But yeah, it's nuts. It's a wild time. (laughs) Um, Oh, perfect segue. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of segues. um, Yeah, she just says that's really our baby. And that is Charlotte. I'm so happy for Charlotte. And cheers to her because in the previous episode, which was like maybe at most a week before in the timeline, mm-hmm. she was saying, oh, she was filling out paperwork with Harry, and Harry said they were on a wait list that was more than a year long. Yep. So, so they got super lucky. Super lucky. Which, you know, money and being white will do, I guess. Yeah. I always think, I always thought that Kristen Davis, as far as acting in the waterworks goes, is superb like mm-hmm. man the last two episodes are like on money yeah she made me cry last episode Same. and she got real close this episode for me Ugh. i was like oh that's so sad thoughts guys for uh yeah. not chris Cl- davis Cl- charlotte. Cl- closing thoughts on charlotte i just thought it was really nice that she got her baby and they were super happy but i just remember when they flipped the photo over and for the Asian baby, I was like, please have my baby photo be on there. Because <laughs> I know I'll be spoiled for the rest of my life. Oh, they got a lily. They got a lily. Oh, but yeah, the reason I remember her name is Lily is because I just remember, but in the first movie, she gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, and she names that kid Rose. Rose, yeah. yeah. And then her is like, now we have a lily and, and a, a rose. rose. Yeah. It's cute. Aww. Which, ugh, gross. <laughs> Stop it. Just Stop a smidge. Your kids just a smidge. I love it. I love it personally. <laughs> Samantha this episode, huh? Yeah, so Samantha uh, decides to go for a bleach, <laughs> like a bleach and die with Smith Jaren, which I actually kind of dug on both of them. Oh, I definitely liked it on Smith Jaren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, both looked pretty good. I think that Samantha's wearing a wig. I don't know that she actually shaved her head for Honestly, this. I've been wondering the same thing. It was weird. It was an odd angle that it was at. Like, it almost felt like it stuff was tucked under, so I feel like it was a wig. In the last episode, I honestly thought for a split second that she probably shaved her head because when she pulls the wig off at that breast cancer um, fundraiser, yeah. uh-huh. I was like, this is a pretty good pretty good moment for some hair mm-hmm. to, like, be sticking out. Because mm-hmm. so, uh, she Kim Kachow has a lot of hair. She I, does, but it's thin. So the exact opposite of what Randy just said, when <laughs> she was doing the the breast cancer speech, she took off her hair, like what, 10 minutes 
earlier in the episode, she was at the dining table with all the ladies talking about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, why the fuck does her hair look so thick right now? And she put off, I was like, oh That's shit, why. she oh. has breast cancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that my bad. was the best. Like, she hasn't had hair in, what, like four episodes now? Yeah. The best wig of all the wigs. I mean, like, yes. Moira Rose on Shit's Creek had, like, fucking couture wigs compared mm. to Yeah, it Samantha. was looking very community theater the last few episodes with Samantha's High wigs. school. That is some yeah. high school theater shit. That's, like, fucking Spirit Halloween. Yeah, it really is. If you want to sponsor us, Spirit Halloween, <laughs> please let us know. Spirit Halloween, now in the White Use House. code. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, so he brings up in the salon that they haven't had sex in a while. Another thing I think they could have extended for a few episodes. Yes, they should have said that last episode. At the very least. Because they said some, like, they were fine. Yeah. So, kind of weird. Um, but he says, we want to talk about how we're not having sex. And she says, here? You want to talk about it here? And he's just like, well, you won't talk about it anywhere else, so here's where we are. I love Smith. He is so confrontational with her ever since cancer. I appreciate it. He he really is. She needs it, too. She does. Um, I love how supportive he is. Like, do, oh. he's a do, do you feel person. like he, as a therapist, do you feel like he should have told her that he was seeing a therapist? Or should he have just said, let's just talk mm. about us not having sex? That's a tough one. So you don't necessarily have to tell other people that you're seeing a therapist because it's your own business. But I think it does become your business when, because he said this in the in the episode, he's like, oh, my therapist said I shouldn't bring it up, um, but I'm going to anyway. So she's like, you see a therapist? And he's like, yeah, I'm seeing a therapist pretty much because of you and cancer. And so at that point, it is her business because you made it about her as the reason that you're going to see a therapist. I, mm. I just feel like when he said that line, it just made her feel worse. Yeah. Yes. And oh I was, no, like, I was like, fuck, should, I, sh- I feel like I wouldn't have told her that, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if I went to a therapist, I would be very open about it with my significant other right away, where I would be like, hey, um, Tuesday, I'm going to go see my therapist. Wait, and what? <laughs> when did you start seeing a therapist? Right, but, like, I would say, like, I'm going to go see my therapist for the first time. Okay, bye, honey. Like, they're they're constantly with each other. She would notice that he was going somewhere every Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Like, he, like, I don't know. It seemed a little weird that that was the first time it was brought up, and I think it was just for convenience because they wanted to sh- smash everything into this episode. You're right, Alex. He, it, 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 I, you could tell for Samantha it felt like a kick in the teeth yeah, almost yeah, yeah for sure because you if you think everything is okay and it's you who is dealing with the cancer mm-hmm. I can absolutely be like why the fuck do you need a therapist like it's an affront not in only, her opinion not only that but I think the way he worded it I'm seeing a therapist because of your cancer like it's yeah. your fault I'm yeah. going to see this therapist right. which is pretty shitty to yeah. say yeah, I, it could have. He could have easily said, "Darren, you should have written this into it." Yeah, I've been seeing a therapist because I wanted to make sure, like, I was okay, so make sure that I was there for you if you needed anything. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been beautiful. When they were getting dressed, was that on like the the set of his? No, no they just got the hair done. Yeah, that was just when they got their hair done. But was that his salon or her salon? I think it was her salon because there was a guy who was like, I see two pairs of feet in there, Samantha, are you fucking around? And oh. she was like, nope, not this time. And he's like, well, that's a first. So nice. I thought I thought it was, what like was the cherry on top was it was like his 
like movie set doing the stuff, oh, and yeah. then he's like, "You're not the first girl he fucked in this dressing room." Oh, <laughs> oh shit. No. yeah, no. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's even worse!" Right on top of everything. Quite the opposite. She's very much sex positive, and her not having sex with him is kind of a like almost an affront to the audience in general. Yeah. I feel because we're like, "Wait, you're not having sex?" Because last time we saw you guys having sex, you were giving a blowjob despite the fact that all of your hair was falling out. Right. So it's new information to us as an audience as well. Well, they even had sex after the scene where she was shaving her head and he shaved his head following her. Yes. So So. it is kind of, well, I think I gasped. I was like, oh, I don't remember this for them. And another storyline. That's not on TBS. There were boobs, so. (laughs) Another storyline that would have been very good for Samantha because just like Miranda actually, right? Mm -hmm. And not being like open and even just understanding of like hey I can love and I love because she does question herself Samantha's all about sex and she's not having it right well and Smith is also really understanding um he says listen you're not um like like you just are in hibernation right now from sex it's okay yeah. and you're you just have to wait until spring to bloom and then he buys her flowers that have not bloomed yet and with a really great note that basically alludes to the fact that by the time he gets back, they will be bloomed and they will be healed. Yes. Which is gorgeous. And paper whites are gorgeous flowers. Um, you know, it's funny because in this episode, as far as like the wrap up goes for all the characters for Miranda, it was her with love. Yep. For Samantha, it was her and sex and having cancer. Mm -hmm. And actually for Charlotte, it was, she was the calm, cool, collected one for once. Right. Well, because she's finally gotten what she wanted. She's just been wanting a healthy, beautiful relationship since the beginning. And now she has it so she can be emotionally sated in the next step in her career or her life. Huh. I wonder what Carrie's is, but we'll wait a few minutes for that. (laughs) Wait just a couple minutes for that. Um, Smith comes home early and they, they have sex and everything is okay. Well... That was yeah. a, that's an oversimplification. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into it. That's yeah. <laughs> he leaves for what's supposed to be eight weeks Yes. for a shoot in Canada. He sends her those paper whites, and he flies back. He flies mm-hmm. back early. Yeah. Just yeah. to say I love you. Mm-hmm. And she's so cute. Isn't it cute? I wrote, there. I guess there's more than one moment where I went, oh, her boyfriend. Because <laughs> I wrote, oh, her boyfriend times two. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I did appreciate the fact that she she said, listen, if the opportunity presents itself to have sex with some young thing on set, go ahead and go for it. <laughs> go pillage. Yeah, go pillage because it's a like Conan the Barbarian type set. Um, and he says, no, I don't want to do that. Gives her the flowers, calls her, and she says, hey, if you've already done it, it's fine. But if you haven't done it, maybe don't. Oh, the green onion flowers. <laughs> it did look like green onions in a pot. <laughs> when it wasn't bloomed, I was like, oh, yum. Scallions. I was like, am I missing something here? But honestly, when he said green onions, I was like, they totally look like green onions. And then they when do. it bloomed, I was like, oh, they're paper whites. <laughs> but they totally did look like green onion for a second. But I do, I kind of love the idea that, like, you're giving someone something that's going to bloom. Because usually you just get flowers, right? And then they die. And then it's sad. You're like, look, I'm giving you something to take care of that you're absolutely going to fail at. I'm, I'm such a cheap person. What I will do 
is buy Kim seeds. Because <laughs> they're way cheaper. Beautiful. <laughs> you like can grow it and bloom plant. it. <laughs> bloom our love. <laughs> if someone did that to me, I'd be like, I killed our love plant. I'm so sorry. <laughs> our love fern. I love you. Yes, our love fern. Exactly. <laughs> you let it die. You let it die. You're going to let fern. us die, Randy. <laughs> Such a thing. Totally. So now you have to send him a love fern. <laughs> yeah, we'll go love fern. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think that pretty much wraps up Samantha. Any final thoughts on her? Um, for a girl who has done Kim Kachow, hmm. a thousand sex scenes. Yes. That last oh, one was bizarre. Was a bad one to end on. I feel like they told him to do the worm on his back, and she just was like, she she looked like someone told her, pretend you're at a church kneeling on a pew and putting her hands in the air for Jesus because I was like what is this she's so. speaking in tongues like <laughs> yeah. it's more of an exorcist thing yeah, right? it was bizarre it was weird yeah it was very, very although weird. she did look good in it her yeah. boobs her boobs are on oh point for goodness. being I think she's 45 in this did they have really 46. good sex scenes in this show a few that were kind of hot yeah it's definitely not like softcore by any stretch of the imagination in fact I feel like this is the closest that we have ever seen to someone being completely naked during sex. The movies, though, they're like, they up the game in yeah, the movies. Yeah, they up the game for the movies as es- well they should. Especially when she's like leaning on that G-Wagon from behind. I was like, good for you, girl. Yeah, they're, um, so Sarah Jessica Parker was the only one out of the girls that had a nudity clause. Um, so you never see her boobs, but she continuously wears things that are completely see-through. Where it's like, Okay, great. The sheers of tops. Yeah, like sheer tops with no bra. And it's like, I can read your credit card number. I don't understand why you don't just show us your boobs at this point. Like, it's stupid. So Maybe Matthew Broderick wasn't okay with it. Were they together then? Uh, yeah. They've been together from, for like, ever. Like, mm. since the 90s, maybe even the 80s. I can't wait to see... I want to see the new play if it ever fucking opens. I don't. Really? I would love to see Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick. I hate Matthew Broderick. Really? Yes. Why? Uh, he's a murderer, first of all, and got Is away he? with it. Yeah, he ran somebody over with his car what? and then paid everybody off. Yeah. I still want to see the Plaza Suite. And so. also, he's <laughs> a bad actor. Have you ever seen The Producers? I have never seen the movie. The worst. Yeah, he's terrible. Usually they were just trying to be campy, The Producers, because The Producers is campy. No. I hate uh, Ferris Bueller's Day. I hate everything with him. I've never seen it. that either. It's terrible. It's I, don't, I don't like watching what I call, like campy white movies like Spaceballs I wanted to fucking stab my eyes out <laughs> oh my god and which, what's the other hilarious. one Airplane oh Airplane's pretty campy oh my god I hated that thing that was <laughs> so bad no dad jokes for you got it no <laughs> Honey I Shrunk the Kids I'm in that was cute oh it was great what a great movie I didn't know he was the voice of adult Simba in Lion King yes is he was. he, he was yes I'm, I'm looking him up yep like, oh, yeah. almost, almost ruined it for me <laughs> <laughs> no, you know who ruined the Lion King for me? This the this new the uh, Beyonce. Yeah, the Beyonce. Oh. I cannot stand her. I'm sorry, everybody loves her. I cannot. That's what I was telling you about like my my what I was conceiving for like my podcast was it was I'm uh, sorry but yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry but and doing unpopular opinions and my first one I swear to god was gonna be I'm Beyonce. sorry but Beyonce's not my queen. <laughs> yeah. And then it would have been so polarizing all the gays would have listened to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can still do it. We'll have Kim on. We'll talk about how how, how Beyonce started out 
being in Austin Powers 3 and her oh, career yeah. just went all the way down. Foxy Cleopatra. There. Oh, it was so bad. So bad. So I will bad. say this two movies Cadillac Records, great. Dreamgirls, great. I haven't seen either one. Oh, stop! <laughs> because she ruined it with Austin Powers. Ugh. <laughs> That's I why. I Yeah, that was She her. was terrible. I agree, though. Yeah. Not my... It's, I don't know. Like, her music's fine. I have no issues with that. I think the biggest issue I have is the beehive. Like, her fans, like, they hold her to this pedestal. Yes. And I'm like... I feel the same way about Oprah. Like, everybody would lay down and die for Oprah. Or Ellen. Yeah, Ellen. No, not anymore. Yeah, not, not <laughs> yeah, anymore. 2020 has not been good at Ellen DeGeneres. No, no. But I don't like her either. Like, even before that, like, the way she would talk to her guests, I was like, mm, I don't I actually love like Ellen. Her. Oh, my God. Did you see Dakota Fanning just lay her on oh, the carpet, I though? Oh, I love that. that I did tubby, invite tubby, you. Tubby, tubby, you didn't tubby, see tubby. that clip? Oh, my gosh. So, uh, oh yes, the birthday. Thing. Yeah, yes, where I she did. was like, actually, Ellen, you were invited. You never replied. And instead, you went with George Bush to a like baseball game or something. Or oh basketball yes, game. I do remember that. Oh, she called her out. I I didn't. I don't even like Dakota Johnson, but she's my hero now. Do you oh, have I issues with that. her, or you're just like in? I'm just neither. like meh about it. Okay. Like you can't. Your whole personality can't be bangs. You know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I love, well, I love Fifty Shades. Yeah, you do. But Dakota Johnson apparently was in a movie that was di- as the lead female role directed by Luca Guadagnino, who directed Call Me By Your Name, and I've been meaning to watch that movie. Well, there is always later. Yeah. But for now, let's hop into Carrie. Oh, Carrie. <laughs> because this is, this is it. Is that everything with Samantha? I think that is everything with Samantha. Looking forward to Spring Smith's Jared, I love you, bad sex. Yep. <laughs> Very bad Ta-da. sex. But big, nice tits. <laughs> yes. So, um, Carrie starts out going to meet the the Russian's ex. Weird. Um, with a middle part and a really poofy low ponytail. So, she's either, like, an understudy for Hamilton, <laughs> or she's just really, really trying her best to be Parisian with her middle part. I'm like, knock it off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One... How bizarre, because in that scene, she showed up to a restaurant to meet Petrovsky's ex-wife with Petrovsky, and then Petrovsky doesn't fucking show, true to nature. Yeah. My question is, why in God's name would you not go with him to this lunch? Because I am not showing oh, up before no. you. God, no. Because or at least wait for him at the door. Really? Well, I yeah, I think that she gets led on, and this is obvious later on in the episode, but I think she gets led on by him a lot and always has, like, the best intentions in mind um, in the sense that she is like, oh, he's going to show up. He's great. He's wonderful. I love him. I moved to Paris for him. So, of course, he's going to do this and do that and then is constantly disappointed, which is why she eventually snaps. I think um, she might have just been courteous, though, because she admitted that she was late. Her boyfriend yes. was going to be late. You right. want her to sit there by herself? Maybe? Yeah, she's oh, never on time. That. She's never on time. So Why she, do that? Yeah, yeah so she's, she went. I paid attention. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for the win. So, yeah, she goes and she was like, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, if, if I'm late, then if I'm fashionably late, then, you know, Alexander is oh, very, yeah, very she did late. Say that. Um, and I love, I love his ex. I want to be friends with her. She's like the greatest, um, like 
What does she do again? She is accessories she works, director. Yeah, yeah, for the collections. Um, so she does like accessories. So she's great. I want to be her friend. She's very, very um, French in the sense that like she just knocks everything and is super negative. You know who she kind of looks like? It caught me off guard for a second. What is Big's ex-wife's name? Is it Nat- Natasha? Natasha? Yeah. She oh. kind of looked like Natasha for a split second to me. I mean, they have the same color hair, but I think other than that, oh. it's different. <laughs> she's just not memorable, I guess. I just love, like, she's just not that important. <laughs> yeah, when we were watching the last episode, uh, I said to Randy, because she's encountering all of these, like, rude French people, and I'm just like, man, I can never live in France. All those people are so negative. And Randy's like, yes, yeah, so are you. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, and I don't like the competition. <laughs> it's no fun if there are multiple negative people in the room. Yes, yeah, so apparently on this stove, there's not enough space for a pot and a kettle. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This is a one burner stove, man. <laughs> in a shitty apartment. Love it. Um, yeah, so she's she is her typical. She's very much like, oh, yes, that is Alex. You know, I have been there. I have done that. And... Uh, Carrie is, of course, threatened, but impressed. And ignoring it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. She like, chooses to ignore so it. So many red flags thrown at her, and she's like, what? Yeah. She's like, what are you talking about? But there's so many, there have been red flags since he showed up. Yeah. Like, he's, they have not gotten along the whole time. So is this a, like, again, never really watched, never really paid attention. <laughs> so is this a theme with her? She just blindly follows guys and she believes in love um to a fault like she she, does she gives people more of a chance than anyone should be given well there's exceptions right like aiden's an exception yeah he was perfect and she fucked fucked it up yeah yeah so she very much wants to believe in love she wants to above all else have a job and have something to write about so she gets attracted to these shitty relationships. And who else? There was Burger. She did the same thing with Burger, too. Oh, she just, yeah. She, she gave Burger so a shot he was an asshole. Yeah, yeah, he's horrible to her. So, she's not great at love, um, which is probably why her columns are so popular. And she's not a real writer. Well, it's not <laughs> called Love in the City, because Lord knows she does no clue. Nope. Not at all. So, she goes off to her Lonely in Paris montage where she's walking the streets alone, she's at a bakery alone, she feeds a bulldog a croissant who's sitting next to her, like, which I think is probably every American's idea of Paris. Yeah, yeah, like, that's such a Paris thing, is that you're just smoking in a cafe feeding a dog that's sitting next to you. The only thing I'm upset about is I did not see anything Louis Vuitton there. No, because Louis Vuitton wasn't that popular in 2004. Like, he really? wasn't... I did see it in, um, when they were in Chanel. The lady in the background had... Had a, a purse. Yeah, had a purse. Yeah, she had a Neo Noe. I saw. Wow. It was gorgeous. <laughs> the eye. Yeah, she has the... She had the LV Neo Noe bucket bag. Very cute. During the during this lonely scene, I was like, she's doing exactly what I would do with the work without Kim, and that was eat a shit ton of food. <laughs> Yeah. That is it. <laughs> That's probably what I would do in Paris. Is I would just go around, eat, go to museums. Mm-hmm. Like, she complains on the phone with Miranda. She's like, I've been to every museum like twice. And I'm like, 
who cares? Go again. again. Yeah. And, like, I would go to so many museums. That would be all I would do. Like, Lord knows you don't want to be out on the street where there's poop. <laughs> she steps on poop. Yeah, she steps on poop. On her inner Louboutins. I know. And what then, an idiot. You know, bitch, you saw that from, like, fucking three blocks down. It's not a small mm-hmm. poop. It definitely isn't. It's, like, a horse-sized poop. Yeah, it, it is too big to mistake for anything else. And, like, honestly, I'm like, I would not be that, like... I, I would not, I'd be more careful, even if I was in my Ugg boots, which cost me $50. You, you guys I would still are, be like, better watch out for that. You guys are looking at the wrong mystery. Mine is, <laughs> how the fuck was there a fountain that was spitting was just, out water for her to wash her shoes with? It was all, it, I feel like Paris is so dirty. I feel like Paris is what New York City was before Giuliani cleaned it up. I really want to go to Paris. <laughs> So I sad. hate that you were going to go to Paris and COVID fucked you. I know. That makes me upset. I just want to go to Paris. I want to eat a snail. I want to buy a Louis Vuitton bag at the flagship store. And I want to eat all the fucking carbs. I can tell you, there was a escargot pizza at the Atlantis. Was it good? When I was like 13. Oh, and so nobody, not possible now. Nobody would have it with me. I was mad. So I never got then. it. I know. It was a bummer. Well, I'm here. You was also 13. <laughs> I was also, like, yeah, I was also 13. Like, I don't know that I would do it now, honestly. I'd be like, ew. Because I hear that they're just slippery and gross. No, they're no, really good. They're delicious. They're I had some oh, you haven't tried any? No, I still have the same I was going to ask if you actually appreciated it at 13. I probably would have at 13. Beaujolais. Beaujolais. Let's okay, go right now. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say us like this is my podcast. No, that was a no, perfect plug, perfect. though. Yes. Thank I, you. I love that. I didn't know that they had that, so maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe sometime uh, soon. Delicious. I'll let you guys know. At least for one <laughs> dinner. <laughs> Sponsor us. Right. Yeah. Sponsor us for a dinner, and we'll talk about it on I have an podcast. employee who uh, lived and went to school in Paris. She's like an art student, whatever, fashion designer. Also, I don't know how she ended up at, at my job under me, whatever. But <laughs> she was telling me today, actually, how she had, like, this, um, a baguette bag. Because that's what you need in Paris, apparently. Mm-hmm. A what? To, a baguette bag to carry your Oh, yeah, of course. Baguette. I was like, that's so cool. Of course. And she was saying, <laughs> of course, Louis Vuitton has one. <laughs> they do. Do they? <laughs> yeah. Now I want I was one. joking. That's hilarious. Is it like just a long skinny pouch? I would hope yeah. so. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, with an open end. So like, it looks like a it looks like an arrow quiver. I was just about to say that. <laughs> she, was, she was saying how. Um, so I guess in Paris, um, a whole bunch of the bakeries compete for the best baguette because they get to provide it for a year to like the prime minister or something like that. I don't remember exactly who. And the bakery that won the one of the years she was living there was like two blocks or two doors down from where she was living so she all oh, this wonderful bread there the whole time I'm yeah like, i was gonna say so good if i i, I could eat that I, I could eat a mean baguette every day yeah same yeah that's all i need actually i'm glad that it's not as readily available to me because <laughs> I, I would also eat like two every day by myself yeah and a really good baguette you don't need any butter you mm-hmm. just eat that sucker by itself mm-hmm. yeah but like ooh, nice butter though <laughs> Nice Your French butter, <laughs> right? Which Irish like, one? This is how American I am. I'm like, ooh, butter. I want to go to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> 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 I'm such an ugly American. We're like baguettes in France, and I'm like, mmm, Texas Roadhouse butter. <laughs> so 
<laughs> That's hilarious. Wait, uh, so she walked around doing her little Lonely in Paris montage. It's about she, a bookstore. Yeah, walks into a bookstore, finds her own book in French, and holds it like a nerd. Um, weirdo. And then somebody notices, and they go, Oh, you're Carrie Bradshaw. You have the sex. I have the sex. We all have the sex. They're so excited to see her, because apparently they're the only two people in France who have read the book and Ugh, enjoy so it. No, there was ten. Yeah, There's was ten. So, yeah, so they get... All ten of their friends together to have a party for her, which is kind of amazing. Ugh. If I wrote a book and it was transcribed into another language and I was in that country and they were like, oh my gosh, we're all going to have dinner together. I'd be like, absolutely. An entire party about me? Fuck yeah, let's do this. Mm. And so she's going to go. She's getting ready. She's told Petrovsky about it. Um, she's about to leave. And he is having a panic attack. I'm so upset. You know what? You take care of your old quivering hands. Bitch got places to be. Listen, she moved all the way from New York for you, and you're not going to let her enjoy the one thing that is about her. Right. I was so upset. When she's been by herself this whole time in Paris, which has been, I think, three weeks at this point. So three weeks she has been on her own doing all of this stuff by herself because he's been too busy trying to get his exhibition ready he is going to his basically his preview night so he's just showing the people in the museum what he has done he has no reason to be nervous like that is a very bare bones basic meeting no i think all the critics were actually i don't care if the critics no they weren't they weren't that was a museum Curator, yeah, the museum curator was there and like a couple of other people, but nobody who was going to actually judge him. They were all, even if it was terrible, they were all going to blow smoke up his ass and tell him that it was great. Like, that's just what they do. I thought that was weird that he said, like, at the end of the day, he said he had a stressful day, and it's like, was it really stressful though? Because you didn't do anything other than yeah. show your already done exhibition. No, and not yeah. only that, but the minute they got there, they, they were praising him. So, yep. were you really stressed, or are you just an asshole? Yeah. Well, and, what the, like, the horrible part is, like, yes, she should not have gone in the first place. And if she did, to drop his ass off, he's like, hold my hand. And she's like, I won't let go. Yeah, yeah and she's, yeah, he says, I will never let, I won't let go of your hand all night. The five seconds walking in the door, and he has let go of her hand and has gone off with everybody. And she's just sitting on a bench, basically waiting for him to be done. And Randy, you said it, like, as soon as he dropped her hand, you were like, why didn't she just leave at that point? Oh, I would have turned and booked it. Oh, 100% I would have. You knew. You knew you were going to be sitting there for fucking ever. Yep. And your little fan club, mm-hmm. which, bless your lucky stars, you have one in fucking Paris. Right. Yeah. It's sitting there about to wine and dine you, and you don't do shit. Yeah. And if if that- she went, I think it might have lasted longer. It was, like, her chance to, like, find her independence while being in a... You know, plays all by herself. It, yeah. yeah, it would have started relationships for her. She would have had a friend group. She would have had a friend She would have been in the center of attention, which Carrie Bradshaw loves. Yeah. Don't so, we all, though? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyways, so, let's talk about me and my wedding again. <laughs> <laughs> she, but yeah, she absolutely would have had a friend base, would have had a jumping off point for all of these people, and probably would have started to make a home base. But instead of that happening, she waits too long, leaves, 
Um, and gets to this party where she... Everyone's gone. Yeah, where, where everybody has left already. Because of course they have. And her book is ceremoniously sitting there with wine spilled all over it. Yep. And you know what? I would have fucking ripped that book in half. Fuck you. For not showing. I mean, they left it there. So there's that. There is that. Like, I don't know that I ever would have left a book on a table that I purchased in anticipation of meeting that author. Like, that is a very symbolic gesture where you're like, well, fuck you. I don't even want your book. And so after the scene, she heads back to the hotel, Mm -hmm. sees Petrovsky, confronts him, and then he is just sitting there being a gaslighting asshole, narcissistic, oh, I've had a rough day, let's not have this conversation, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. And she's, like, yelling at him, and then he turns and... It wasn't intentional, but he backhands her. Yeah, he he goes to pull his hand away, and it accidentally sort of comes up and somewhat slaps her across the face. Yep. Somewhat. And in symbolism, I will say this for Darren. Good job, Darren. The symbolism of that necklace with, like, her losing the carry necklace and, like, being a symbol of, like, having lost her identity, and then, like, at that moment, after he accidentally backhands her, that necklace, that gorgeous diamond necklace, falls off. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Yep. So it goes everywhere. She is overwhelmed and she basically breaks up with him. Um, she, oh, in anticipation of her going back to the hotel, she's walking along the streets of Paris um, and behind her in a car is big. Because he's looking for her. Because he's looking for her. Well, I think he's probably just on his way to her hotel. Because I highly doubt that last episode, the girls were like, go get our girl. Where is she staying? I don't know. Good luck, buddy. Like, he knew where she was staying. They told him. So he was on his way to the hotel. I think we forgot to mention that she found the necklace, uh, the carry necklace that she she had lost. She thought she had lost at uh, Dior when she fell last episode, right? That was last episode? Yep. So it was in the lining. Came for the win. What a good guest. Yeah, so she finds that and sort of feels like she's found herself a little bit. And that's when she runs out of the museum to yes to go that's the catalyst. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, so that's when she was like, nope, doing something for me. Um, and then finally does something for herself, breaks up with him. So she's at the front desk trying to get another um, hotel room for the night, which, like, is Petrovsky paying for that too? Like, she's not, she doesn't have any income right now, so I don't know where she thinks all this money is coming from. I would have put on his bill. Same. I mean, I would have as well, but that doesn't mean he's going to pay it. Um, so she's waiting there and trying to fish diamonds out of her cleavage, which, awkward enough. And keep them. Yeah, and keep them. And Big <laughs> walks in. Which, good for her. Yeah, of course. Big walks in, sees her fumbling around on the floor in her little ballerina dress like like, trying to find the last diamond Um, and she sees him and she goes hi and then dissolves into tears which is so like I I don't know I felt that in that moment where you're just frustrated and so much has happened to you and it's just that one thing that sends you over the edge that I was just like yeah I totally feel that it's sad um so he's like are you okay what's going on and she was like this is not what i 
anticipated happening, coming to New York. I got slapped. And that's when <laughs> Big, like, flips Love the it. switch and goes, he did what? He slapped you? Where is this motherfucker? What room is he in? I'm going to fuck him up. And she's like, I'm not telling you what room it is. To which, you know, of the course, concierge. the concierge is like, so you were in room 624. And he was like, 624, thanks a lot. Goes to, like, push the button to go upstairs to, like, actually beat up little, like, bird body Petrovsky. <laughs> and I don't remember what she, oh, yeah, he's, like, running to the room. And he's like, you can't stop me from doing this. So she trips him. Which is so adult. <laughs> so adult. <laughs> so adult. She trips him, they both fall, they both start laughing. And they go outside, um, and he says, it took me a really long time to get here. And then he says, Carrie, you are the one. Which is something that she has wanted him to say since the first season. And he never has? And he never has. Did she bump into him in the first episode? She like meets him in the first episode yep. in the pilot. Yeah. Yep. Very beginning. Yep. So he has been around the entire time, and they've always had this really nice back and forth, like a good rapport. But they're also horrible for one another. Like they shouldn't end up together at all. Okay, because that's what I was thinking. Again, don't know much about the series, but the two episode episodes I watched today, I didn't like him either. I was like, she sh- she would have been well, like so much better off if. She had, like, learned to love herself, and that's where it ended. Yeah. That would have been better. I think, I think, in my opinion, because he wasn't that great either from what I saw. Was yeah. he in every season? A little bit in yeah. every season, yeah. I feel like that would annoy me, because, like, if you watch, like, Bones, like, mm-hmm. when they try to catch, like, a serial killer, it tends to, like, last a season where, like, five episodes, you don't hear about it. <laughs> but, to, like, for that to be, like, in every season... For it to culminate for yeah. however many seasons it is. But, I, I mean, sometimes me that's very true to life, though. Sometimes we have that person in our life that we had been with previously and then aren't with. And then if you spend a couple of years and then you reconnect and, like, maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're friends. Maybe you're lovers. And maybe you drift apart again. Like, I feel like that's very true to life. That sometimes there are people in your life like that. Maybe not always. Um, but it's something that definitely happens and I kind of like that aspect of it um, for the show but also they're horrible for one another so I don't like that aspect of it because they shouldn't be together at all well um, I, I just know. avoided 10 seasons and just proposed to Kim and called yes. it good perfect yeah, there you go. See, all when, in one season when you know it's right you just lock it down and you just take care of it which is always great when it works out that way <laughs> But yeah, so they um, find each other. Yep. They so, leave. So yeah, they leave Paris. Um, they go back to New York City. He goes to drop her off. Uh, Raul has warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Raul. <laughs> I, I believe Alex has some commentary on this. Yeah. yeah the first note was poor Raul. Yeah, poor Raul. In the last episode, had to wait outside in the cold. Yeah, when he went back up the stairs. Like, he didn't send him home. <laughs> he didn't send him home. He's still out there. <laughs> I love that. So we invited Alex and Kim here to be on this podcast for the last episode. And, of course, we watched, because the last two episodes are two parts, mm-hmm. had them watch the first part. I love that. Like, oh, yeah, Paige and I take notes during this. And Kim's like, okay. And then Alex's like, okay. And the first thing Alex says, 
poor Raul. Raul's like, this is not even like a, like a tertiary character. He's like, doesn't exist. Yeah, no, this is like absolutely the name of this particular podcast is going to be Poor Raul. <laughs> <laughs> which leads into the next poor person, which is the poor group that Carrie never showed up to. Right? The bookstore fans. The bookstore fans. They are the real, like, victims. Victims so, of yeah. this piece. Yeah, fuck Carrie. Never meet your heroes, man. <laughs> also, can we talk about oh, the dog that's real quick? The way you say that, never meet your friend. <laughs> <laughs> what dog? The one that she fed a biscuit to <laughs> At, in Paris when, like, your little sad yeah. Paris. Oh, he was very sad. sad. He was such. He was just this big old droopy ass bulldog. He looked like a cartoon character. I loved him. What yeah. a great dog! I think Saint, I, wasn't it Saint Bernard? Was this? I think so. Was this I, Saint Bernard? I thought no, it was a bulldog. No, it was like really wrinkly. I don't think it had that like kind it of. It was like a Sharpay bulldog mix potentially. I will say, I don't. I wonder how many takes it took them to get that scene without the dog drooling, because large dogs usually drool quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then so when that scene passed, I was like, "Good job, dog. Good job." <laughs> Darren starts like on, on like a big old like megaphone in the back, and he's just like, "Okay, no drool." Get it, Sarah. Come on, SJP. Let's move it. <laughs> oh, love it. Love but it. yeah, I love that he he goes. You know, Raul takes her bags up um, after they get back to New York, um, and he rolls his window down, and it is the very same setup of the very first scene with them together, where he says. Where he at, he says to her, you've never been in love. And she's like, that's not true. I've been in love. I don't know what you're talking about. And she gets out of the car and he rolls his window down and she says, what about you? Have you ever been in love? And he says, absolutely. So he rolls his window down here and says, hey, so Four Seasons doesn't let me check in until one and it's pretty late right now. And she says, oh, did you want to come up? And oh, he I goes, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah. that. So, ugh, love. And that's more or less the rest of the episode. She sees the girl, surprises She sees the brunch. girl. It's such a great, um, like, reunion, essentially, of yeah. all of them. They are so happy to see her. And in the end, like... They're just strutting really, down the sidewalk like they always do. Right. And that's what it's about, really. Like, it is called Sex in the City, but it's really about her friendships with these women. Yes. And... That is the whole series. Also, I know that we don't hear in any of the episodes, actually, until the last five minutes, that Mr. Big's name is John. I'm yes. part of this also Wait, like his name's John. Yeah, it yes. came up on like the caller ID oh, on her phone. Oh yes. yeah, because we've always just known him as Big, and he has never been called anything else. In fact, they actively don't name him. Yes. In every single episode where it seems like he could potentially introduce himself, he always talks about the other person first. Like, when he meets somebody, he's like, oh, yeah, you're the... Like, she's like, oh, this is my friend. And he was like, you're the new Yankee. And they shake hands, and he never says what his name is. So why do they call him Big? So they call him Big because he's, he's like... He's like a big personality. He's the... Uh, he is the big love uh, of her life. Yeah, I remember at... um. Like, in the first episode, she was, like, describing to the girls, like, oh, I met this guy, and they're like, ooh, tell us about it. She's like, he was just, like, bigger than life. He's big, Mr. Big. And that's, he's been his name this entire time. I think Samantha is the one who starts calling him Mr. Big because she goes after him first, and he, did, like, just brushes I her I think off. you're right. My thing is, 
John. That was the name you picked was John. John Preston. Like John James Preston. John James Preston. Can Could you, you be like? In- he just wants pictures of Spider-Man. Like, what the hell kind of name is that? <laughs> but it was like, I like the JJP of like the initials, but I'm just like, John. Yeah, it's a big disappointment that his name is John. I could have gone with Preston. Not that that was like a, a pro- age-appropriate name at the I time. I feel like Preston would have made me angrier than John. It's really? such a like pretentious name. Yeah, I don't know anyone named Preston who isn't a complete prat. How about Randy? That would have been a great name. <laughs> Randy would have been a fantastic name. Alex would have been a fantastic name. Thank Kimberly you. would have been. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kim would have been wild, but I would have been there for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it has been a crazy five years of this podcast, yeah. and I really, really want to thank you guys for being on the last episode. Honestly, I think honor. yeah, it was. I was super I excited. I think you two have to be here for the movies. What a good dynamic this episode yeah. was. This recording was. I liked it. Yeah, it's it's been such a wild ride for this. I started out this um, this whole idea of this podcast because my friend JD wanted to rewatch. Um, a show or like watch a show for a first time and he just wasn't really coming up with anything and I said well you could always just watch Sex and the City and make fun of it (laughs) like because it does have really interesting subject matter but the girls are hideously awful like it is a terrible show but it does bring up some really interesting points about sex and relationships and he said we should do a podcast about it and I said bitch I'm there bitch from there. <laughs> uh, also, yeah. why didn't we talk about their outfits in any of, like, almost at all? Because they're hideous. They're all horrible. Of them. Uh, 2004 was not a good time for fashion. I'll tell you what, though. The movies, every fucking outfit is on fucking point. It's so Yeah, they good. have to be because they had so many missteps in the series. Yeah, the outfits were bad. Charlotte just looked like a Stepford wife, which maybe is appropriate. Miranda kind of looked like a lesbian the entire time. Well, she okay. is a lesbian. Well, so. Cynthia Nixon yeah. is. <laughs> but she still brings it, you know. Also a thing. Samantha, I kind of loved. A little hoish at times. But Carrie, she, I think, had the most inconsistent fashion of anyone. Yes. I don't understand that because everybody's always like, oh, Carrie, 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 like... A lot of her outfits these last two episodes are like questionable at best. The, it's like, it's like a, a basic bitch went to Paris and thought she should dress the part. Honestly, my favorite outfit though was an American in pa- American Girl in Paris Part One, where she's like laying in bed in that huge couture gown. Oh yes, yeah. the gray like the gray ruching. Oh god, it's gorgeous. You know what it reminds me of? That dress reminds me of those toys from like back in the nineties, where it was like a girl, but she was a cupcake. And, oh, like, yeah. you could flip her up oh. and, like, put the little hat on her so it looked like a cupcake, but then you could flip it down. You know what's funny? <laughs> I kind of thought something similar. When I first saw it, I was, like, sh- her her leg in bed when she was asleep, she looked like a gray concha. <laughs> That's what it, exactly <laughs> what it looks like to me. I was like, this is so fucking weird. So for the white audience at home, what is that? <laughs> Kim? A concha is a Mexican pastry look like sweet bread that you eat, like, with your coffee or milk, whatever, in the morning. And it has, like... Um, it's dome shaped. It's dome shaped, and then on top it has like the sugary, like colorful pattern. It's typically pink, white, or yellow, but yeah, it's good. That sounds amazing. 
I'm gonna find a picture of that. <laughs> that could be our picture for this episode. <laughs> the Concha Girl. <laughs> the Concha Girl. It's not gonna be poor Raul. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna be poor Raul, but it's gonna be a picture of this. That's I a love that. Send that to me. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a Mexican macaroon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what's it feel like? I'm surprised you're not crying. I am like, I am stunned that I actually made it because this is like the 80 something episode. So I have, I've been in every single episode. Oh, 94. I just looked it up. 94. Okay. It's 94. I've been in like 14 of them. This has been great. So yeah, it's been a whirlwind of like the last one. And thank you, Randy, for being like, let's just fucking bang this out. No, I appreciate the invite. You know, it's funny when Paige was first telling me about her podcast, she was like, oh yeah, you should be a guest one day. And I was like, oh, I will be. What's it about? She's like, oh, I just bad on Sex and the City. And I was like, (gasps) I learned all of my life lessons from Sex and the City. (laughs) But you have to admit that, like, watch, like watching it with this critical eye is much different. What's the number one thing you learned from Sex in the City? Uh, that you have sex in the city. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, ooh, maybe that's a good question for everyone, actually. I think the big thing about Sex in the City that I, like, really took away was the perseverance of, like, you have to go through it. Yeah. And they all do, right, in their own kind of way. That was way more serious yeah. than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Alex? What is your big takeaway from the limited experience you've had with Sex and the City? I have no idea. I would I would say that we actually just finished watching Shameless. I would not be opposed to watching Sex and the City. Yeah, yeah. But you can watch it and like use this as a companion piece and be like, man, that page, she's really negative. <laughs> I wonder if she's French. <laughs> she must be part French. <laughs> What about you, Kim, from what you've seen? Um, I don't think I have enough background in it to actually say I got anything from it other than don't lose the fucking diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) Or step on shit with your probably 10k shoes. Yeah. I have to say, yeah. Right. Oh, I would just say I think that my big takeaway from Sex in the City, um, because this came out at a time when once you turned 29 it was over it's like your life was over and you were not hip and you weren't with it anymore like go to Kohl's Simply Vera is the best you can do like <laughs> and, and move on with your life and this show really made um really made the like 30 somethings relevant so it made you feel like you you're still in your youth that it, your yeah, youth isn't over. Me, yeah, it made me feel like there will be life after thirty and beyond because of Samantha being older than thirty something. Yeah, to the next fifty, huh? Yeah, the next fifty. He's gonna have to come out with something other than younger so that I can feel relevant I until I'm sixty. I younger so much. Wait, they're by the same guy? Yeah. Yep. Really? He also did the Carrie Diaries. Don't watch it. It was really quite tragic. I so I like bad. toyed with doing like the Carrie Diaries like on this podcast to extend it a little bit, but it's also terrible. So how long did it last? I'm assuming it didn't last. It was oh, two seasons. Two seasons? I yeah. thought it was less than one season. But I think it was like one season. The second season had like a truncated season. Yes, because nobody had watched it. It really was bad. Well, it's really hard. It it kind of feels a little perverted when I was watching it. Like. I'm looking at Carrie Bradshaw as like a 14 year old and imagine her having all the fucking sex. Samantha's mm. actually, according to the Carrie Diaries, was her very first friend, which makes yes. sense why she has to be like the maid of honor yeah. later on. Yeah. 
And that's true. That's true in the book as well. Yeah, but I was just like, I can't imagine fucking seventeen-year-old Samantha getting fucked in the ass by all these fucking people. Like, it's freaking weird. It is. It's totally, totally odd. But I will say that, like, I love that they try to extend Sex and the City a little bit with it, but at the same time, like, it didn't need it. And it's so funny because Candace Bushnell wrote um, Sex and the City, the actual like articles uh-huh. and those were compiled into a book which this show is based on right and no offense candace but the book is awful was it <laughs> i never really read bad. it actually i was surprised i never read it it's really bad but you know what she's an excellent writer and her fiction is amazing what else did she write um she wrote um a book called four blondes which was great. A book called Lipstick Jungle, which was also turned that into was, a show for a yes, little bit. Yes. And it honestly, really good writing. Sincerely huh. good writing. So, like, I would, if anything was based on something of hers, I would watch it again. Yeah. Did Dare do another show? He did this. Emily in Paris. Oh, yes. You told me that. Yeah. I watched the first 15 minutes and I was like, this is fucking trash. <laughs> Wait, like, is that that new show on, on Netflix? Netflix? Yeah. Yes. So trash. Trash. Which one? Emily in Paris. I mean, uh, I mean, it if was you amazing. Think these Netflix. French people were negative. It's a whole season of French people being negative. See, I had no issue with the French people. It's okay. We're 23 floors above we're the 23 city. Floor. So it was either... It was a firework. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, it sounded like a firework because living downtown for as long as I had, I know the difference between a firework and a gunshot. <laughs> Gunshots don't echo, so that was a firework. But yeah. Oh, so I was thinking of something earlier when we were watching this last episode to prepare for the podcast. I really, really love the wrap-ups for all these girls for... Samantha, Charlotte, Carrie, Miranda. Yeah, they did tie everything up into a nice bow. What would your wrap-up be? For my life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I died at 39 jumping off of this balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Learning what? Representing what? Just to do it. Just to see how many seconds it took. I'm telling you, it's three. So that I could come back and haunt your ass for the rest of your natural life. And be like, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we have to look I didn't up. see that question going there. I thought <laughs> I was going to be like, which one was like your favorite character that transitioned from beginning to end? Hmm, that's a good question. Samantha. Um, no. For Samantha me. very much, to me, stayed true to herself and very much the same. She was just able to accept love a little bit more at the end. I would say Miranda for me. Yeah, you were saying that. Samantha for me, actually. I like her independent persona. I like that, like, regardless of, like, even cancer. But, you know, all these stages. She was just like, fuck it, I'm it. Yeah. I'm done, I'm B. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally fair. I love how, like, I want to say, like, what about you, Alex? What about you, Kim? And I think Kim's <laughs> probably seen, like, at most two hours worth of Sex and City, and Alex has maybe seen, like, ten. <laughs> I've seen a lot now that I think about it. There's certain things I think about when I was watching the episodes. Too funny. My favorite character, I'd have to say it would be Miranda, just because I'm, I'm really tight wide sometimes. <laughs> and pragmatic. And, and she gets to uh, be judgy with reason. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Miranda is the only one who has more than one dimension to her, really. Um, my theory is that this is all one woman. All four of the girls are one oh, woman. Oh, yeah, clearly. Com- cumulatively. So. Yeah. Okay. Changing the topic just for a brief second. So (laughs) I looked up how long it would take for a body to hit 
the floor from 250 feet, which roughly Your phone just got flagged in suicide hotline of the cops are coming right, right now. Sorry, guys. Uh, which, so 23 uh, stories translates to roughly 250 feet and ignoring air resistance, which... Mm, I mean, you, you can't ignore air resistance, <laughs> but, but like okay. Just, she's making it clean. Yes. Right. 7.78 seconds. Shut up! And Who that's won? ignoring air resistance. What if I dive? What if I'm like... This is me diving. Well, no, this listeners. is ignoring. This is ignoring. There's no way this is seven yeah. seconds. Seven seconds. Let's drop your mic out there. <laughs> no, and hell no. See how long it takes to make it. But noise. we still have stuff to do with this mic. <laughs> Ooh, we're gonna do a reboot. Did you guys know that? Yep. A so reboot we're doing. We're doing. Um, after we do the movies, um, recapping all the movies, then this iteration uh goes away because we're finished with recapping episodes i'll be in the intro (laughs) and we are gonna reboot um as just a sex and relationships etc podcast like miscellaneous it's a trivia show of podcasts it's well it's basically gonna be just different topics that sex in the city didn't necessarily cover or weren't relevant at the time oh yeah they said that earlier yeah so like a few already right now yeah amical divorces kinks um, the function of emotions. Function of emotions. So it's gay in twenty twenty. Yeah. So definitely stay tuned. Uh, it will be at the exact same place. You don't have to resubscribe to anything. Uh, if you have ideas for it, all uh, right. I couldn't help but podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, follow us at we swear on Chanel at uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I couldn't help but podcast on Facebook. And Alex and Kim. Is there anything that you want to plug on the podcast or any social media that you would like to share? And it is okay if the answer is no. What's what's our dog's Instagram, babe? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Whiskey's fun. <laughs> is it Whiskey McWhiskerson? I think so. I don't post too often, and I should. But follow our dog on <laughs> Instagram. At he's not He's adorable. not a dog. He's Bruce our not child. a dog. Bruce is his family. Yeah, he's our baby. <laughs> he's so cute. Follow him uh, uh, on Instagram. Instagram at Whiskey McWhiskerson. Perfect. Uh, so, if you want that. a cute little Beagle Basset hound. Is he a Beagle Basset I thought he was a black lab. No. no I'm he's terrible at No, everybody thinks Everyone that. says that. Yeah. But okay. that's when you look at the ears. That's yeah. That's They're the so giveaway. big. Oh, he's so cute. We've heard, like, what's funny is we took him to, like, the the daycare that we take him, like, during winter when we don't want to go out and he needs to go play. <laughs> it's, they're like, oh, he's a... Black Lab slash Coonhound mix. I'm like, no, he's a Beagle Basset Hound. I'm like, oh, I think he's this. I'm like, bitch, I saw, I met his fucking parents. Like, <laughs> what are you trying to tell You're me? Like, right listen, now? we got the doggy 23 and me back. And yeah. we I actually considered getting it. Sponsor us. <laughs> How much is that? It's like a hundred bucks. Shut the fuck up. I should oh. totally do it. It's, it's a human. Now. <laughs> it's not that accurate. They've already said that. No, this one's a different one. Science <laughs> has advanced, babe. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for being on the last episode. I really appreciate it. I really I appreciate you having us. This was so much fun, and I can't believe this you had us on your last episode. Yeah, I, I'm super excited. I'm glad that people are surrounding me so that I wasn't just like a blubbery mess the whole time because that could have happened. Do you want to come for the movies? Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> this is fun. That's sweet. Okay, love it. Okay, well, thank you so much to everybody and everyone involved, all of our guest stars through all of the years. Um, we will see you next time for the movies. Yeah. Um, so before you close, yeah. Good job, Paige. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
Thanks for sticking to something for no, five years. Yeah, <laughs> good job. I think it's really impressive. And to JD as well. I know JD's not with us. Um, he jumped off. Yeah, thank it you took for, him five seconds. <laughs> thank you for he's keeping an overachiever. My, thank you for keeping my seat warm. Um, <laughs> but no, the two of you really—that's pretty impressive. Committed yeah, to fucking literally anything, especially during COVID. Yeah, COVID was a roughie, but we, you and I, pretty much did most of it. What was the longest COVID? gap between episodes? Months. Months. <laughs> Months. Yeah. Like three years later. <laughs> well, Paige has come to find when I'm because I'm involved. I'm like, bitch, what are we doing? Let's get through. Yeah, it. you've been amazing, and it's been really nice to be like, we're, you know, I do want to record an episode tonight. Fuck yeah, I want to record an episode tonight. So it's been really nice to like, it's been nice but overwhelming to have this happen like so fast near the end because we really sped up, and even this episode we're pre-recording it i still haven't had my surgery like i announced it like last season and we're still not there yet because randy's just a powerhouse and we just powered through this so it's been really exciting but yeah yeah. plug good job proud of you thank you to everybody and thank you to you guys especially um so we're gonna close out uh we always say the same thing at the end of every episode so does everyone remember what to say Mm -hmm. (laughs) we've got it all right so until the movies, remember, always, always wear a condom. condom. And see a therapist. And see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. It's not stopping. It's not, it's not stopping. Hey, everybody. If you've made it this far, you know that I am so thankful to you. Anyone who is listening, if you're my friend or just a random listener somewhere out there, I appreciate you. I started this journey so long ago with JD, and it's very quickly become my main creative outlet. It means more to me than you know. I know we still have the movies to get through, and I'm looking forward to that more than anything, but this iteration of the podcast that you and I have come to love is over. We'll move on to bigger and brighter things, and I have so many high expectations for it. But for now, I'm very, very sad that this leg of the journey is over. From here on out, the tone of this podcast will be very different and very much my own. Thank you to JD for starting this podcast with me. I wish that you could have seen it to its end, but I know now that it just wasn't meant to be. And I wish you the very best with your future projects. Randy, thank you so much for matching me and my enthusiasm and just being so incredibly insightful through all of this. I'm not only lucky to have you on this podcast, but also to have you in my life. Here's to the next round of fun. To all of our guest stars over the years, thank you for coming, sharing your insight, and just being with us in this journey. And thank you so much to Neil for listening. If there's anything that I've learned from Sex in the City, it's that life begins when you have amazing friendships and amazing adventures. And I can't wait for the next one. Love to you all. Wear those condoms, schedule those therapists, and I'll see you soon.